Hello, I'm Brad Spencer, your host, and welcome to The Faith Connection. We're teaching on the subject, a word from God. A word from God, and remember, a word from God can totally transform and change your life forever. Now, you can go to the written word. I mean, it's here anytime, 24-7, and you can pick up a word from God. You can act on that word. That word, it's true. It will come to pass. But remember, God is still talking today. He still speaks, and He can speak into your spirit a word. He can speak through somebody inspired by the Holy Spirit. And they can, that word now becomes a weapon. That word becomes authority. That word becomes power for you to act upon, and it will change your life. We left off in our last teaching. We were in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, talking about the fact that, that the multitude had brought people many people who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word. And that word was probably come out or out. But that word that he spoke was powerful enough to set people free. And thanks be to God, we can set captives free today. People that have demonic issues, and trust me, they're having demonic issues all over the world, and we can cast them out and set captives free because we have been given the name of Jesus and we have authority in that name. <clears throat> so he cast them out in order that what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled saying he himself took our infirmities and carried away <clears throat> our diseases. And thanks be, to <clears throat> thanks be to God we can do that. Now go with me if you would since you're here in the book of Matthew Let's go to verse uh, chapter 15 and verse 22. Matthew's gospel, chapter 15 and verse 22. And behold, a Canaanite woman came out from that region and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. Well, here we have another case. Here's a Canaanite woman, a Gentile woman, she has a daughter, and the daughter is not only demon-possessed, is, she's cruelly demon-possessed. So you've got some cruel activity going on there. Now, it's interesting to note that the woman recognizes who Jesus is. Isn't it amazing? He was sent to his own, the Jewish people, and they didn't recognize him as their Messiah. But here, a Gentile, a Canaanite woman, oh, she recognizes exactly who he is. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. She knew he was of the lineage of David and he was the Messiah. But notice, the Bible says, but he did not answer her a word. Jesus didn't say anything. He ignored her. Why would he do that? Well, number one, he's only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, he is going to be the substitute for the world and become sin on our behalf. And truly, God loves the world. But he was only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel in that he might fulfill prophecy and fulfill that Old Testament, that Mosaic Law, 613 commandments, and then the gospel would open up into the entire world. 
So he knows <clears throat> what his mission and his calling is. And the reason that he didn't answer her a word is because he would have been committed to that word. So he simply ignored her. He didn't answer her at all. No word. And his disciples came to him and kept asking him, saying, Send her away, for she is shouting after us. She's making a lot of noise. She has come to get the attention of Jesus. And this, this little mama is not taking no for an answer. All right. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, this kind of looks bad on Jesus, doesn't it? I mean, come on. Well, it's not good to take the children's bread and, and throw it to the dogs. Well, you see, the Gentiles were considered to be on the level with dogs or animals. They did not believe that Gentile people were on their level, their status. And the reason they did that, and, 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 and listen, they had some misgivings where that's concerned because even in the early church, they were ignoring the Gentiles. But thank God, God didn't ignore us Gentiles. I used to be a Gentile. I was born a Gentile. Thank God I'm not now. I'm a son of the Most High God in the body of Christ. But they considered Gentiles on a lower level. And uh, that's what Jesus said to her. But notice the response or notice the answer to the response Jesus gave. But she said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. She, boy, what an answer. This woman is sharp. And we can see from this too, the crumbs are enough to get you healed. The crumbs are enough, blessed be God, to get you set free. So what are you going to say to that? Well, it's not good to give the children's bread to the dogs. Yeah, but even, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, your faith is great. Be it done for you as you have believed. He said, woman, you've got some great faith. Be it done unto you as you have believed. Now she didn't say, well, this is going to be done because I've got such great and wonderful faith, and he does. And he said, he didn't say, you know, out of my sovereignty alone, uh, it'll be determined whether she's set free or not. No. He said, you've got great faith. She's got the kind of faith that will not quit. You know, most people, had they been that little Canaanite woman, they would have given up. Well, you know, the first time they got ignored. Well, they would have got offended and stuck their bottom lip out and said, well, I, you know, Jesus ignored me, so... I'm just going to give up. He must want me to stay this way. No, 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 no. This woman is persistent. She is a fighter. And you've got to be that way in faith. You've got to get to a, to a, a place that you just determine. I'm not giving up. I am never quitting. I don't know how to quit. This is mine. I believe to receive it. I'm not backing off. And this woman didn't. And Jesus said, you've got great faith. 
be it unto you as you have believed. And her daughter was healed or set free, we could say, at once. I mean, just bam, immediately the daughter's set free. Now let's venture a little further. Go with me to the book of Acts chapter 9. The book of Acts chapter 9. And we're, we're going to look at verse 32 through 35. Acts 9, 32. Now it came about as Peter was traveling through all those parts, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden eight years for he was paralyzed. Now here's a man that's been laying in bed for eight years, paralyzed, eight long years. You're talking about suffering. But watch this. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Now, it didn't say that Peter touched him. No, it just said Peter spoke a word to him. Do you see how powerful the word is? Now, sometimes God will have you lay hands on somebody. Believers lay hands on the sick and they recover. There are different ways to administer God's healing provision. But here's one of them. It's just a spoken word. It's a word spoken to a man who's been paralyzed and lying in bed, bedridden eight years. And all Peter does is get this word from God. And he says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. But now you see the man's got a part to play in this. You know, you just don't go around speaking words. You, you couldn't certainly go into a hospital. Somebody said to me one time, well, if God, if God heals today, <clears throat> why don't you just go into the hospital and just clean it out? Just go in there and get everybody healed, everybody healed in all the rooms and ICU units. And uh, if God still heals today, and I said to this, well, it was a preacher, actually. And I said, well, you believe in salvation? He said, well, certainly I do. I said, well, if God is saving today, then why don't you go down to the honky-tonks and the bars and the drug houses and the meth houses and just go get everybody, get them all saved? Well, he said, you can't do that. I said, why? He said, not everybody wants to be saved. I said, well, not everybody wants to be healed and not everybody knows how to receive healing. So you see, we have a part to play. I'm not, going to get, I'm not going to get healed if I'm not a participant. I'm not going to get saved if I'm not a participant. So we have got a part to play. How many of you know Aeneas has a part to play? He has to believe to receive. He has to be in agreement with what Peter is saying. And he has to believe and agree to the point that he acts upon it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Peter says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. And immediately, the Bible says, and immediately. He didn't wait around. He didn't hesitate. The word doubt means to hesitate. Anytime you hesitate, you lose. No, you've got to act immediately. And immediately he arose and all who lived at Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Everybody knew Aeneas. They knew about Aeneas. They all knew, undoubtedly his mama, his brothers, sisters, everybody's daddy, you know, talked about, you know, Aeneas. Aeneas, when he became paralyzed, we don't know what it was from, but people knew about him. Just like in, in your town, your city, you know about people. 
And they would ask, well, how's Aeneas doing? Well, he's still bedridden. He's still bedfast. Um, well, tell him I said hello. Well, guess what? Aeneas, he can go see him now. Hallelujah. He acted on the word that Peter spoke. Do you see how this one word from God changed this man's life? When he received that word and he acted on that word. Thanks be to God. And it's still true today. All right, let's go over to Luke's gospel, chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 16. Luke's gospel, chapter 4, and verse 16. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and he entered the synagogue, as was his custom, on the Sabbath day. Now that's a good custom to have. We need to be in church not forsaking the fellowship. And he stood up to read, and there was handed to him the roll of the book of the prophet Isaiah. He opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel, to the poor. He sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, broken, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the year of God's favor. Then he rolled up the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were gazing in attentively at him and he began to speak to them today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and we could go on and on but after that you know what they wanted to do they wanted to kill him so he goes in on the sabbath day and he gets the scroll of isaiah and, and he finds where it was written a prophecy that isaiah spoke by the spirit of god that had come to fulfillment in, in, in their hearing, in their seeing. Here he is, the Messiah. He's the one to set the captives free. But, and then he sat down after he spoke this word. Now, it, it doesn't tell us about where he sat down, but in every synagogue, there was a chair in that synagogue reserved for the Messiah. No one could sit in that chair because they were hoping that one day when the Messiah came, he would be in that synagogue and they'd say, here, Messiah, we reserve this chair. No one has ever sat in this chair. This is your chair. It belongs to only you. We have allowed no one in this chair. So can you imagine this? And they said they were looking for the Messiah, but the Messiah comes and he's in the synagogue and a synagogue where they have been hoping to see the Messiah and so he walks in and he opens the scroll of Isaiah and he reads the place where it is written of him, his mission and what he has come to do. And he reads it out to everyone. And then he puts it up and he walks over and he sits down in his chair. <laughs> oh, man, you're talking about being upset. Well, who does this guy think he is? 
He comes in here. We've heard a little bit about him. He's a little controversial. But he comes in here. And after reading, he sits in the chair reserved for the Messiah. And they became so angry. And it's because they didn't recognize their Messiah. They wanted to throw him off of a cliff, but they couldn't do it. He just passed through their midst. He had the authority to lay his life down and take it back up again. He gave them a word, a powerful word. Any one of them could be, had been ministered to that day and set free just by the word that he spoke, the eternal word who was robed in flesh and came among them. Glory to God. The word personified, if you would, and speaks a word that had already been inspired and written through Isaiah the prophet in their midst that day. How would you love to have been there for a word like that? And he sits in the, in the chair that they say they have reserved for him. And you'd think if he goes over and sits, oh, that must be the Messiah. He's sitting in Messiah's chair. No, they think it's an imposter who has the audacity to sit in the chair reserved for the Messiah. I tell you what, they didn't recognize him. They didn't, they didn't notice who he was. And so they couldn't receive from him. Isn't that sad? The word personified could have changed their life. And the word that he spoke that day could have changed their lives had they been able to see it and recognize it. But we got to be careful today. There's sometimes we've got the written word and we don't speak it sometimes. We, we find ourselves going through something, you know, suffering a few days and then our lightning fast mind kicks in and we go, oh, wait a minute, I don't have to put up with this. I could have spoken the word over this situation, but didn't. We need to be careful of that. That's like hearing the good news about salvation and never acting on it. And if you're listening to the Faith Connection right now, anywhere in the world, because we're on all over the world, many platforms, you're listening right now to the Faith Connection, you have an opportunity to pray this wonderful prayer with me. I want you to follow along with me. I want you to say this out loud because today is the day of your salvation. Say it with me. Heavenly Father, today I repent for my rejection of Jesus. But from this moment forward, it's going to be different because today I'm going to be saved. Heavenly Father, I ask you to save me. Breathe life into me. Cause me to be born again because I believe in you and I accept your blood that paid for my sin. And I want to thank you for saving me. And from here throughout eternity, I'm yours. I belong to you and I'm going to serve you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, contact us. Information is coming on the screen. If you are anywhere near Hickory, North Carolina, we want to invite you to visit His Image Ministries. Bring your family. You'll be glad that you did. Well, I can see that our time has slipped away from us once again. 
But just remember, like always, we're here to help you make your faith connection today. Thank you.